Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. DB, Andrew Rogers, happy to have you with us and happy to be joined to close out the show today by Bruce Feldman, senior college football writer for The Athletic, at Bruce Feldman CFB on Twitter. Bruce, good morning. Thanks for taking the time. Good morning, guys. Good to be on with you. Bruce, as I told you in Indy, one of my faves, man. Good to catch up again. How you been? I'm doing good. It was great seeing you guys and, um, you know, right around the corner. I mean, we actually have the Huskers. A couple of years ago, my crew did. It was actually the only year, obviously, Mel Tucker was at, at CU. And it was, uh, it was fascinating to see how much those two programs have changed. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. dramatically yeah. different coaches. Um, Big Noon's going to get that. It'll be a Dion's Hope opener. I, mean, I think it's week two technically, and I can't wait. So let me st- let's stay right there, for, but for a little bit of a different reason. Because when, when Tucker took the podium, the first thing that I thought, he was very, he's under control, right? And I was thinking, man, $10 million, they're picked to finish fifth. Did you see, maybe not the 10 mil per year, but after you get done with this broadcast, you hear the presser of Colorado, did you see Tucker headed for the trajectory that he was on in such a short span? I mean, the wild thing in that, that, that weekend was, you know, when you do a game, you're around, especially with the home team around them a bunch. And I was really impressed by how he handled everything. Cause I, I think as you guys remember that game, Nebraska jumps out to a lead it's at halftime. And I'm talking about Tucker coming out of the locker room to start the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And he rattled off this little grocery list of things he felt like they needed to do to win the game. And sure enough, they did pretty much everything he said. And then I remember talking to him, they rushed the field I mean, Nebraska had a great turnout, you know, for that game. There was, I don't know what it felt like, 50-50 at one point of, you know, red in that stadium. Um, and then they stormed the field. There was all this enthusiasm of what it was going to be. And I remember thinking, you know, he's talking about how he has to rebuild the roster and completely overhaul, like, the body types. And I'm just thinking, you're not going to be able to get the measurables you're talking about in terms of height and length and all that stuff with, the athleticism you need at CU because you're going to be competing with everybody else and they're not going to go to CU. You know, <laughs> for that. you just won't get enough of them. And he wasn't there very long, obviously. Then he had, the, you know, he, he had a really, you know, huge breakout year there and then the money goes big and then obviously last year they cratered and we'll see if he can get it back. But, I mean, I definitely was a believer in him from the time we were around him, just like, all right, there's something here. Um, now the question is, 
can they sustain it? Because that's, you know, I know they talk like, okay, we think our roster is better than the team that won 11 games a couple of years ago, but they got a long way to go to get back to it. Now that Michigan and Ohio State, we think Penn State's really talented. That's a, that's a deep division they're in this year. Bruce, you wrote a really nice piece on The Athletic uh, regarding Michigan, and if you missed it, go back and check that out. Uh, it was all about how, like, the stars don't matter approach, and we talked a lot about that during the height of recruitment for Nebraska up in this area because, you know, it's all about fit and development at Nebraska. As for teams at the top, though, they can make it all about the stars because they're talented enough to compete for titles right now. Yes, it's about fit there, too, but talent has the ability to supersede fit in a way. So a couple of questions to follow here. One, what percentage of players who don't enter as five stars do you think become five stars once they're excelling in college? And then a second question to that, do stars only start to matter for teams at the top, those that constantly have to compete with the best of the best recruiting classes in the nation? It's a great question. Like my colleague Max Olson, you know, about Nebraska yeah. grad, um, does a really smart and in-depth piece every year where he re-ranks what the recruiting class really should be and compared to what it was going in. And Michigan, for example, a couple of years ago, that he found that they had the number three overall class, well, it was number 22 when it was coming out of high school. And I think you see plenty of examples of guys who, you know, either either were a little under the radar or maybe, you know, the, it's, it's hard to, you know, I, I did my own kind of digging on some of this, you know, in a different way, um, probably like six months ago, where it was on looking at who were the NFL all pros you know, the best of the best. We're not just talking about guys who had really good college careers. We're talking about guys who turned out to be elite NFL players. And the average star ranking of offensive guys compared to defensive guys was dramatically different. You had a bunch of five stars who turned into five stars on the, you know, in the NFL. Whereas in, in, on the offensive side, it was like the average star ranking was like, he was like a three-star. Uh, you had a lot of guys you look at it like a lame Johnson who's arguably the best offensive lineman in football you know had been a zero star he was a you know, high school quarterback that bounced around positions at Oklahoma and grew into that spot you know Justin Jefferson was a two star out of you know out of high school and he blew up at LSU but then you'd see other guys you know we can count the quarterbacks yeah. Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen I mean, there's a lot of guys who really blossomed under the radar. At least offensively, it happens. And one of the things that, you know, when I talk to a lot of coaches about this, they were like, well, defense is a lot more reactive. And so some of the stuff you see in high school that, that you know, and I think, the, I think the online recruiting guys do a really good job. I don't, I don't I'm not trying to be critical of it, that they're going to be things that they miss because, mm -hmm. quite honestly, you know, people's bodies change a lot from 15, 16, 17 to what they are as, as grown-ups. I think there's a lot of intangible pieces to this. And so I'm not trying to, you know, produce the show, but I'm like, I think one of the guys who's really, really got a good feel for the evaluation and development is the guy that just got hired to be the head coach there. I mean, you look at what he did at Temple, you look at what he did at Baylor, and that stuff bodes well because he has 
found guys. I mean, you know, Dave Aranda came close to, you know, get, to having a playoff team a couple of years ago with mm-hmm. a lot of guys that that that, that rule and that staff evaluated and developed. Bruce, let me ask you this: of the of the three succession of the three guys that went in a row that were all first year guys, because I thought they were all impressive in their own right with Walters and then Rule and and of course Fickle. Did either did who was the most believable? Isn't the word, but who were you like when you listened to him? You're like, yep, I, I I could totally see that happening based on what they said in terms of having success. Well, I I think it's. Walters to me is the wild card. This is the first time as a head coach. Right? He was so, so good at the podium, though. <laughs> he was, and I, I think you know, I spent some time with him off to the side for a while, and, and you know, I, I he's young, but he has a lot of presence to him. Yeah. I think he's learned from a lot of really good people. I think he's also the one who's. I don't want to say he doesn't have the pressure level of the other two. Like Luke Fickle takes over the best situation. I think they, they're not, they have a lot of experience. You know, they landed a good transfer quarterback who fits with what they do. They have a big-time running back. I, I still feel like they can, they can do a lot of what made Wisconsin really good, and then they can tweak a lot of stuff with what, you know, Phil Longo likes to do on offense mm-hmm. and be a lot more aggressive in the pass game. The, the, the hardest one for me to figure, and honestly it's just because myself and so many other people were so wrong, with what, how it played out with Scott Frost. Yeah. You know, I think. Yeah, we talked about that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, I mean, I'm trying to remember, and I'm sure I, there's plenty of examples of this, but like where in recent years where I felt like, oh, this is going to go so well, and it just didn't for all sorts of reasons. Whereas, and I'm not saying you can't win it at Nebraska, you know, because I think, and I'm trying to think if I want to say it like this, but. I think the situation that Rule walks into or takes over in, in Lincoln is much better than the one he took over in Waco. Mm-hmm. Because in Waco, that place was toxic when he got there. And I just felt like where I have a, you know, I have a, a lot of respect for him as a coach, but what really kind of, you know, is like a bigger, you know, edge to me is I think that situation, he followed not just, you know, the Bryles, you know, the whole deal there was just ugly on all sorts of levels. And mm-hmm. then Jim Grove, who's a very well-respected coach and been at Wake Forest, and, and went in there to, you know, took over that staff. And I remember seeing there were times where even Jim Grove, who, who like I said, was a really decent man, but there were times where he could step in it because just people were so on edge of how this, this thing was set up. And it was, like I said, it was toxic. And, and Rule went in there, and he said all the right things. And as far as I can remember, there was never like a a moment where he said the wrong thing to inflame the wrong stuff. And 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 I think that's really hard to do. And so, and he got that place going. Now look, it was the Big Twelve. No no disrespect to Oklahoma at the time, but like the Big Twelve wasn't as top heavy as the Big Ten is right now with Ohio State and Michigan. You know, but I'm, I don't know. I, I, I know I'm not specifically answering the question of – I think they're all just very different in how they approach yeah, it. Yeah. You know? Bruce, quickly here, only got about 30 seconds. If I give you a start bench cut of three of the new quarterbacks in the Big Ten West, 
Jeff Sims, Tanner Mordecai, and Cade McNamara. Start, bench, and cut them. Uh, I definitely would start Mordecai. I don't know what to but Justin, it was like, no, I knew it up to what George's back, who were like, very skittish, just wonder how he will. I've heard good things about him and Lincoln so far, but just like, can he be the guy that is a real leader for this team going through? I mean, the people at Georgia Tech have those questions. Physical tools are definitely there, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I mean, it's not, you know, this is, this is a fresh start for him. We'll see how he does with it. Fantastic. Bruce, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. That's Bruce Feldman. And that'll do it for today's show. You know, He's got a cool voice. I, I got to go home and just drink a zip line. Uh, today kind of took it out of me. I don't know. I'll have an Acres Ale. With, How about a little, that? with a little guava? You know, brewed with Nebraska corn or the guava one. Yeah, maybe I'll shotgun the Acres Ale and then enjoy the <laughs> can opener. Shotgun? Yeah, why not? It's, it's 9.55. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Or, I just need some Nebraska running through or, me. Or, some, or noon. Is it noon to cut off? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. If you missed anything, catch us uh, wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple. That's Spotify. That's Google. That's Amazon. Coffee and cream. Back again tomorrow.